if you had to express your feelings about climate change in one word, what would that word be? Lucy, you were the first one to connect. What are your thoughts? Um, if I had to choose one word, I think it would probably be frustrated. Paolo. Devastating. And Rivo? I'm going to go with anger. Frustration, devastating, and anger. And why did you choose the word that you chose, Lucy? Frustrated. At least living in California and hailing from an agricultural community, as we, I was discussing with you, um, I think I find it very frustrating to see the impacts of climate change on a day-to-day -day basis, but um, not necessarily feel um, the implementation of solutions either. Because I think, I mean, there are many public health crises that have been caused in my communities. And I think like in agriculture, farmers depend on the health of the earth and the climate for livelihood and for prosperity. And so I find it very frustrating to see. Paolo, you chose devastating. Why? I'm from Mozambique. I've been seeing the weather condition in my city in the past 10 years, kind of destroying my city. Uh, <clears throat> my city was affected two years ago with the deadliest cyclone that has ever affected Africa. But not I'm not only speaking about cyclone Idai, but I'm also speaking torrential rain, floods that have been affecting my city. So climate change have been devastating my city. Thank you. Rival, you chose anger. I get, I get quite angry because in Belgium, I see the people um, in my school system, in politics that, um, you know, they're aware of the problem and they do address it, but they're not going through the same things as other people on earth. Um, and they, in a way, refuse to do whatever it takes. Um, there are people who do whatever it takes, but unfortunately, this is not a one-man job. Um, and it makes me quite angry to see that people are working for their own personal benefit, um, you know, try to grow wealth. Um, they're focusing on building wealth but I think they're focusing on the wrong wealth. Um, they're focusing on money, whilst they should be focusing on the prosperity of their family, of, of their future, of the children's and, and grandchildren's future, but they refuse to do so. Um, and that makes me quite angry and, and frustrated. And as you look at COP26 underway in Glasgow, what are your feelings, Lucy? Um, hopeful. I think I try to be optimistic. I think um, I think I get, as um, Raiva was saying, I get angry often, but I think I find it more productive to be hopeful. And so I'm really hoping that these are productive discussions and that real policy change is being implemented afterwards. But um, yeah, I guess I'm just holding out hope. Thank you. Panache has just joined us. Welcome. If you had to sum up your feelings about climate change in one word, what would that word be? Um, the word I'll use is disappointed. Um, I think as humans, before anything else, we could do better in assisting those who've been affected and, and making sure that people don't have to go through these things. Yeah. Okay. And Paolo, has uh, global warming affected your life in any way? And if so, how? My seat right now is boiling. My home is too close to, 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 uh, to the ocean. And the, one of the main uh, livelihood is uh, fish. Oh, and also farming, uh, that's the main livelihood in my city. The cost of life in my city now is quite expensive. My father, uh, I mean, my parents, both of them, they are farmer and they are no longer able to, to, to get good harvest in the past two, three years. So it has been affecting my, uh, my life. So it's affected your family insofar as they are uh, agriculture, uh, agricultural producers, and it's been difficult to produce in these new conditions. Is that right? They are no longer trusting farming as a main livelihood or even fish to, to, to get something on the table uh, at home. So, yeah.
Okay. And Rivo, has global warming started to affect your life specifically? And if so, how? In July, um, we faced terrible floodings. Um, there were a lot of people who died, um, young students from other European schools, um, which was quite tragic. Um, at the same time, I think I am seeing... You say that some students from the European uh, system died in the flooding in Europe uh, over the summer? Yeah, there was um, one, I think, 14-year-old student in um, the first European school of Brussels who, who died of the flooding. And it's quite tragic that the climate change and, and deaths um, from climate change are becoming so close um, to my life, even though I didn't know them. Um, I have several good friends who didn't know her personally. Mm -hmm. And Panache, has uh, global warming affected you, started to affect you in any specific ways already? The insight that I have is from interviews that I carried out with people in communities in Zimbabwe. One of the, the people that I interviewed that I was talking to is my, is my relative, is a teacher. And at his school um, in 2019, when there was cyclone die, uh, his school only, it, they lost, uh, it's a primary school and they lost 35 children to the, to the cyclone. And it was just one school. And Lucy, how about you? Has global warming started to affect your life in any way? I think coming from California, that um, which is, I guess, a place that is sort of affected by various different um, uh, aspects of climate change, whether that's the uh, wildfires in many of California's wilderness or the drought that has plagued um, Central Valley for decades. Um, I find it really frustrating to go home and to see the really poor air quality and to have the summers being hotter and hotter every year. And I think it's, it's very frustrating to see the world around me shifting so enormously. We're, we're asking governments around the world to, to make uh, uh, commitments and sacrifices to, to save, save the earth in the future. Now, as individuals, have you changed your consumption pattern? Are you making sacrifices in order to uh, offer your contribution to a resolution? Any of you, uh, Paolo? Right now here at school, I have uh, my own project, which is called a dreamer, which is mainly designed to answer this uh, reality related with climate change exactly in my community. Because farming is no longer sustainable uh, in my community. So I was thinking, I was thinking, I mean, prototype right now, this uh, individual project that is called a dreamer, whereby uh, we're trying to, to build a water well system of irrigation so that there's a lot of farmer that can still uh, producing outside of normal uh, agriculture season because when rain, it rains a lot. So I've been giving me this uh, small contribution that I think is important. Thank you. Rivo, how about you? Are you doing anything specifically to contribute to a solution? Oh, absolutely. Um, my family has, uh, has changed a lot of their spending um, and consumption. Um, and as I've grown up, I've also become more aware of it. Um, as Paolo said, for example, when it comes to um, just throwing my paper or if I get to class and I end up only, you know, using 10% of a, a page, um, I think I'm, I'm very, I do save a lot of, for example, paper, stuff like that. Um, but I think I also fight a lot for the students. I'm part of, um, I think, three very important organizations. Um, I'm part of my student council. Um, I'm part of the Climate Academy, which um, I think can also, you know, but the other ones is um, 
my philosophy teacher started a climate academy about 10 years ago where um, we're spending our time on our lunch breaks um, learning about climate science and then organizing events, um, for example, organizing massive climate strikes, um, as well as I'm also part of a student council for the entire European school system, um, where we're 29 students who represent about 30,000 secondary students. And in there, um, I think I've written tens of thousands of words um, of proposals and legal documents um, just to get change implemented in our school system. And knowing how hard it is to get change implemented to one school or 12 schools, which is, you know, 2000 secondary students from my school, knowing how incredibly hard that is, makes me very worried um, when it comes to how hard it is to implement change for 7 billion people. Panash, how about you? I'm working on a project to create a river filtration system uh, that is for the community here at my school. Lucy, how about you? What's, what sort of sacrifices are you or your family making? I would say personally, it's been a lot of um, really trying to cut down my personal footprint. So I've been vegetarian for most of my life and um, really trying not to eat very many animal products, really using reusable um, resources when I can. So finding reusable notebooks and pens that I can use um, in order to reduce my, you know, my footprint in that way. Paolo. Looking to the future, how do you see the world in 30 years? Uh, I think if the weather will not change for the positive side, uh, something worse will happen. Ivo, what about you? How do you see the world in 30 years? To be honest, I'm not even sure if I will see similarities in the seasons, um, if I will see winter similarly to when I was young. To be honest, I've got no idea what I'm facing. I know I'm facing change. I know I'm not going to be happy with it. I could be living in a wasteland or I could be living in any climate. I've got, frankly speaking, no idea. Um, and I don't want to take the risk of living in a future where I don't know what's coming. All I know is that change will happen. But I don't know how bad it will be. I don't know. I don't know if I'll be alive by then. I don't know if I'll be able to go outside. I don't know. I don't know anything. Um, and it's, it's quite scary. It's making me angry that people aren't doing whatever it takes because everyone is facing this. No matter where you live, how rich you are, how poor you are, everyone will be facing this. You said, you said earlier that you were angry, uh, but the, the, um, the scenario that you've depicted is, is, is quite devastating. Um, do you feel anguish as well and anxiety? Are those two feelings that... Of course, I do feel scared. I don't know what's coming, but I, I do get quite... Um, I, I get more angry than, than scared or... And Panache? There's been a decrease in the, the amount of rainfall, annual rainfall. Uh, temperatures have been getting higher and higher. Um, there are now more floods. Season lengths and positions and times are changing. And from that, if the situation isn't changed, I think it's just going to go in that same direction. Everything is just going to get worse. It's going to be less and less of rain, more and higher temperatures, um, which means it's going to be more difficult to survive. Right? Um, even food production is going to be really difficult. I don't see it as something that's going to be optimistic. Okay. And last question. As you look at the COP26 meeting in Glasgow, 
what feelings does it uh, engender in you? Paulo? Uh, <clears throat> quite interesting. Something that should happen, actually, because uh, the world is boiling and they, it's something that should be celebrated, this kind of meeting. I was just watching uh, the speech of my pre, uh, of the Prime Minister of Mozambique when he addressed to, to, to other uh, members of, of COP26. <clears throat> I was quite disappointed, if I can be honest, with uh, some of the, 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 the approach that he brought in his speech. Most of the, the thing that he was sharing was kind of uh, financial aids for Mozambique because there's a lot of floods, torrential rain, cyclone, people dying. So I think we as a Mozambican, we need a financial aid. But I don't think we as a Mozambican, uh, what exactly we need is, uh, is a financial aid. Actually, we need that, but that's not the main things. Mozambique is rich when it comes for natural resource. My question now is how those natural resources are being extracted. Is it against the environment? Is it the way that those natural resources are being extracted? Is it uh, also contribute to, 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 to the reality that we are facing here with the weather condition? Young people should be in front line to take those decisions also. We know that uh, the decision that they will take will last for five years. And in, the, in those next five years, most of the people who will be affected are young people. So I think there's a need also to ensure that young people are being heard in this meeting so that they will share what they think about uh, the reality of climate change uh, that is affecting the world. Thank you. Rival, what about you? What's your perspective on the COP26 meeting? Of course, I'm, I'm very happy that we do have this meeting. Um, at the same time, I'm a bit disappointed. Um, it's good that we have this meeting. Um, and it's good that it's getting worldwide coverage, but at the same time, it's it's frustrating to see that one single meeting is being celebrated this much. It's a start, but these meetings shouldn't happen every few years. Um, you know, we should be having these meetings as often as we can. This should be a, a yearly thing, or, or even um, you know, several times a year. These massive meetings. The future lays in young people. Um, a lot of people in power are older. They won't see the world in, in 50 years, in 60 years. Um, and a lot of the decisions taken um, are, are you know, massive. They affect millions and billions of people. So I think it's incredibly important to make sure that young people's voices are heard. If you're a young person, you know that you will have to live with this decision for the rest of your life um, for 50, 60 years, 80 years, who knows? But as an older person, I think you, you won't be living um, with the final result for as long. So I'm quite happy that we've got progress, that we've got this big meeting. But I think we can do a lot better. And I know we will. Thank you. And Panash, last, what's your perspective on the COP26 meeting in Glasgow? Personally, I, I think uh, I can say I, I applaud the intention behind the meeting um, and the inclusive the way it's inclusive right uh having all the people like from all over the world um meeting to actually talk about something that's affecting everyone but at the same time uh i i am concerned um about the intentionality when it comes to actually fulfilling what is going to be promised or the discussions that they are going to be they are having right now right like who is going to be keeping them accountable if that's the case if by any chance that's the case, then I think I'll be really happy with the meeting.
um, I guess I'll have to see the results. Well, let's wrap it up here. Any final comments anyone wants to make? I've got a, a small comment. Um, you asked in the end of the meeting about um, one word about how we feel about climate change. Um, I've got a completely different word for the, the first thing that comes to mind when we talk about climate change. Um, and perhaps this may have been drilled in by um, some teachers in my school, um, but it's, it's law. And unfortunately, um, when, you, when you look at interviews, when you ask a lot of young people or older people, um, you, know, you ask them, what's the first word that comes to your mind when, when we say climate change? They might say, um, you know, natural disasters or melting um, ice or, you know, they, you know, it's things to do with climate change. But I think the biggest thing we should be focusing right now on is, is law and regulation. Um, and COP26 is, is happening, so I'm, I'm happy about that. But I don't think we'll be able to achieve much of at all if we don't get um, law and regulation and very strict and detailed 